Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast. My name is Steve Smith and I'm your host. This episode brings to you another segment of Colin Campbell Chemicals' Keeper of the Greens. This is episode number 65. I'm extremely proud to bring to you Keeper of the Greens once again, which is brought to you by Colin Campbell Chemicals. Colin Campbell Chemicals is a 100% Australian-owned and operated company that is a leading supplier of crop protection products for the needs of the turf and broader horticultural industries right across Australia. Not only are Colin Campbell Chemicals Australian-owned and operated, in 2020, they celebrated 80 years of being in business since their inception by Colin Campbell Sr., back in 1940 in Alexandria, Sydney. Colin Campbell Chemicals has always had a focus on developing new technologies and bringing solutions to the turf industry. Their product range is a testament to their continued focus into their 82nd year of business as a wholly Australian-owned and operated company, with some of those products being produced right here in Australia. If you want to know more about how Colin Campbell Chemicals can help protect your turf, then you need to go to their website at campbellchemicals.com.au or talk to Nadim directly, whose details are on the website website under the contact us page and don't forget to tell them that the golfing greenkeeper sent you ladies and gentlemen i welcome you back to the keeper of the green segment of the golfing greenkeeper podcast as you know i'm a big fan we travel all over australia talking to different superintendents and greenkeepers across the country to find out their story and where they're working and, and the sorts of details into the golf courses that they're looking after but also a lot about their story how they got into greenkeeping where they come from and what they love about it so much so without further ado we are going back all the way over to the far west of Australia into the state of Western Australia to a golf club called Bustledon Golf Club where I have on the line Superintendent Lance Knox. G'day Lance. How's it going? Mate, I'm oh, it's going well at my end. How's it going over there in the west? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful at the moment. <laughs> beautiful at the moment. Now, I do I sense sarcasm? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, just, just, I can't complain too much about the, the weather because the guys over, over east are uh, more more wet than us, but um, yeah, at the moment she's uh, she's a little bit wet. But you have had some pretty hot temps over there, haven't you? Um, summertime, more, more Perth. Yeah, summertime it was more Perth. Um, we're we're about two and a half hours south of Perth, and and it's usually an average of uh, three degrees cooler down here. Oh, okay. So, wow, so is it that much hotter in Perth? There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. That, that's the way I look at it. It's about three degrees different. So if, if they're on, they're thirty degrees, we're usually about twenty-seven. And if you go out um, the very far end of that enormous jetty you have, might be another one or two degrees cooler out in the water. <laughs> 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 that's what is that? A kilometre long from memory? Um, if anything, is I think it's like one point six. Holy I think it's a sh- mile long. A mile. There you go. That's. I think so. I can't quote me on bigger. that. I find it feeling it's longer than a kilometre. Yeah. That's that's mad. Wasn't there some sort of tram tracks or something on there too? Don't they have like a little trail yeah, yeah, they used to? Yeah, there's a there's a, um, a train that goes goes uh, to the to the end of the end of the jetty. Um, that's the least they could the do, history. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not too sure of the history of it, but pretty much it's um. Yeah, it's for for the boating back in the day or something, and and they've just kept it going, and yeah, it's a good uh, good tourist uh, um, destination for it us. It is, yeah. and if anyone's wondering, this is now a travel segment, 
<laughs> talking about the tourist parts of no mate look it's uh look, interesting parts of Bustledon. it's a beautiful part of the world i've been fortunate to be there albeit when i was very very young and uh, i do remember the, the the giant jetty and just the way that the the landscape changes when you're coming in because we drove across australia as you do with a family of five three yep, kids yep. in the back seat and uh we got the kalgoorlie and then we come across into Perth, and then as you go south from Perth, or even just coming in from the, you know, a couple of hours out of um, out of Perth, an hour out of Perth is still quite dry. But then you go into Perth and you go south, and then everything starts to go all nice and east coasty as you get down yeah, to that southwestern yeah. corner. Mm. It's a beautiful part of the world, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that's that's where um, in summer it's a bit different uh, because it is it 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 does the the climate changes a bit that, that three three degrees um, from Perth to here. You can really feel it sometimes, and probably even more than three degrees, really. But um, you can feel it, and yeah, that's it. it's a nice little pocket of um of area here where all the wineries are and stuff like that. So it's it's perfect growing conditions down here. Mate, you're already talking up that area of the southwest corner. It's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. There's so many good. Go- I mean, we are sidetracked deluxe already, but there's so many good <laughs> golf courses, good little golf destinations around wine country. I mean, it's it's yeah. like pairing good food and good wine. You pair good golf and good wine. It's just something that we do here. I don't know if they do it in other parts of the world, but Adelaide and the Barossa, you've got the Hunter Valley in Sydney, the Yarra, then we go over to Perth and the Margaret River region and South West. I mean, how cool. So good. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, it was a big benefit through the COVID time when no one could leave WA. And so all the golf trips that used to go to Thailand and all that, they came down south, and and the courses we've got here, we've got Bunbury, uh, Margaret River, Dunsborough, Us, um, Sanctuary, all all in a half hour radius from Bustleton. And, Very interesting. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and so so there was guys doing doing week week trips, um, like all your all your members from from bigger courses up south uh, up Perth come come down here for a week and, and playing golf every day and. And um, a lot of yeah, it was a lot of good feedback in that way, and that's yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's and a great bit, for and a bit Southwest. of a, a bit, totally, very much so. But also a little bit of self discovery, like it's forcing people. This is the thing I learned talking to people who would normally travel overseas or wherever that they're forced to travel locally. And they're they're seeing things that they didn't see. They're discovering golf experiences and golf courses they've, you know, may not have played for twenty years or places they didn't even, you know, never thought they'd go to to play. And some of them aren't big names at all, far from. And they're like, we just want to go and have a game because we haven't been able to go anywhere and have a game. So let's go somewhere different. And I know over here, people people from Sydney have travelled over the mountains. They've gone Orange, or you know, they've travelled north north up to the Hunter Valley or the north coast of New South Wales. And you guys have clearly had the same sort of effect where they're travelling down south from Perth. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, golf golf doesn't stop. So if they want to try to go somewhere, they 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 will. And yeah, that's it's it. It's been it's been great uh, for every course in in WA really, but for the southwest, I think yeah, we've got a little. Uh, on the map now of, of um, having some good golf courses down here. Absolutely, and if I if I'm being on, and I'll I'll blanket this. If you travel, there's not you can't there's nothing to travel to north of Perth or north northeast of Perth. It's all dry and it's in the outback. Nothing pretty, against pretty that area, golf, but golf wise, golf wise, no. Uh, there's some good courses up in um, Geraldton, and and there is um, Broome and Carrara and all that. There's some good courses up there. Hang on, what's that? Um, Two thousand kilometers from Perth. Yeah, still, still some beautiful areas up there. Oh, there is, and they're very popular with the East Coast people. They travel. They love to travel up to those areas because they are absolutely beautiful and very uniquely so. It's it's very different to the East Coast of the country. 
Mm, yeah, no, some great, great places. And <laughs> what we have here, um, most of the great nomads go north right now. Um, get, get out of get out of Bosselton in, in winter and go north and, and follow the heat. So at the moment, we're busy up in Broome and Exmouth and all that from, from a lot of our members as well. There you go. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. But you do have, look, it's it's putting you guys on the map a little bit more, and we'll get into that a little bit further on. But, mate, let's start with Steve Super 7. <laughs> let's, let's get, hang on, what's it been, 10 minutes? We're, let's get this podcast <laughs> underway. Now, <laughs> you're ready for the short fire quick questions of Steve Super 7? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go. Number one, sunrise or sunset? This is a good question. I've been oh. thinking about this a long time. <laughs> to, to me, it's sunset because um, I see too many sunrises. And then when you do see a good sunset, and especially over in the West Coast, um, we sun, uh, our sun sets in, in the ocean. It's, it's such a good, good, uh, good thing to see sort of thing. Yeah, very. It, it's an unusual when because most of Australia's population is on the East Coast. It's, mm. um, it's, it's very weird from an East Coastian if I can use that term that I just made up. Um, when you see it set over the water for the first time, it's very odd. Um, oh, it's beautiful. But it is magic. It is magical and uh, something, yeah, very unique and, and, and certainly look like, like we're hearing, I hear from people that have visited Perth or like you guys that are living over there and working over there, you love your sunsets as well. So, um, mate, a good one to start with number one. Number two. Now, these are all personal thoughts and feelings, so I want to clear that up. It's not necessarily what is from your golf course or club and the rules thereabouts. This is just your thoughts. So number two, dogs or no dogs allowed on the golf course? Um, we are no dogs, but I'd, I'd like to have a dog. Um, I, I've got my housemate's dog, is Border Collie, awesome. Um, it, would, it would have been nice if he was trained a little bit younger to, to go out there and, and behave, but... Um, I like to take him out uh, um, whenever we can in the afternoons and have a walk around, and it's so good to have a dog out there. Yeah, um, very much so. Yeah, so I, I'd like to, to train up a proper, uh, a good dog and 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 get it, get him out here on on normal days. But at the moment, it's just when when there's no one around, we go for little walks here and there. So yeah. I, I like dogs. Very good, good answer. Number three: stripes or no stripes on fairways? <sighs> no stripes. That sounds like I'm, a question love- answering a question. <laughs> I love I love stripes, um, but uh, coming from from us, we have uh, limited staff. No stripes is so much easier for us. Okay. Um, and and right now, uh, fuel prices um, oh. it's easier to put on uh, no stripes than trying to trying to strife up all the time and and spend a lot of money on that way. So no stripes at the moment. Thing, absolutely good answer. But things that have effects on golf course maintenance that probably we didn't so long ago think would happen so quickly. Pretty much, yeah. So quickly. Mm. We move on. Number four, mate. After a golf shot, do you prefer people to replace their divot or put sand down? I'm I'm a replace divot or knock in. I, I like. To, oh yeah, the knock in. Yep, a bit like yeah. repairing a pitch mug. You sort of push pretty, it in from the sides much, yeah. and bang it around, and then it'll regrow. A little bit of sand yes. sometimes over the top of it to level it out, but that's all good. Yeah, so we've got, we've got Kaikuyu Fairway, so they do grow back uh, quicker than what a cooch would. Well, you can stand um, there I'm... and watch it recover. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, number five, what is your favourite grass variety? <sighs> Bent grass. Is that uh, another I, question? I, you sound like you're asking I'm me a question. Because I've got... I, <laughs> It's, it's, uh, There's the same questions, and I, and I love them. But me, <laughs> I want to be a bit controversial and say Kaikuyu. Oh, Kaikuyu hey, Airways. let's mm. let let go down go down that road. I know these are quick, short answer <laughs> questions. Let's go down that road. You you want to say Kaikuyu? Yeah. 
Okay. I I yeah. have to ask. I'm I'm compelled to ask more. Why? In return fire. I, I love the Kaikou Fairways. Oh, no, Cooch, Cooch Fairways. They're great. They're, um, uh, to play on is all good. But I've um I've always been Kaikou Fairways. Yep. Um and and I love when, when you can get a good striped Kaikou Fairway, a good firm firm fairway. They they do play good as well. Um, don't play as long as what a Cooch Fairway does. But I just I do like. I, I don't know. I don't, Always been a big fan of the Kaya. <laughs> Interesting answers. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, getting I, this is this is diving into the personalities and the people and their thoughts. And look, and and I've said this before. <laughs> I knew that would be changed. <laughs> I, I've said this before. It doesn't mean that you can't maintain something else. That's just your preference, right? It's 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 a bit like you know some people like Indian food and other people likes just to have steak. And it doesn't mean you 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 don't like the other one. It's just you have a preference. Pretty much, yeah. Uh-huh. I've I've spent so much time on a Kaikou fairway, and, and yeah, I, I think we can. Yeah, it's it's definitely better better Kaikou fairway, uh, grass down here, than a, and then trying to look after Cooch because it can get cold and stuff. So it's it's to me, it's just yeah, it's just easy works. to have Kaikou down here. Yeah, works. It works very good. It works. Now, yeah. now, number six, your favourite bunker style: Kingston Heath, Royal Adelaide, or the Australian. And I'm sorry, there's not a there's only a three choice multiple to pick. And there's not a WA one in there for you. So you just have to um, suck it up and pick one of those. <laughs> the Australian. The Australian. The Australian, yeah. I volunteered for uh, the Australian Open in 2017, and I just absolutely love that, that style of bunker and that style of course. Wow, that's cool. Very good. Did you have a good – what was that experience like? Maybe I'm maybe – I'm, 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 this shouldn't be short answer questions anymore. I'll make this part of the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you find from doing the Australian Open? How did you? Uh, what did that open just, your eyes up to? Oh, just the the, the experience um, of the whole thing, but um, just the professionalism of the Australian Golf Club. Um, one of my f- favourite people I've ever met is Phil Bill. Um, he was just so well organised, and 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 the, his whole crew just absolutely loved him, and um, and just the professionalism they they had uh, for that whole week of. The most stressful week they could have. It's just everything works fine, perfect because Phil just had everything uh, down to a T. And and to have, I think we had, what was it fifty volunteers or 30, 30 volunteers and twenty staff? I can't remember the yeah, numbers, wow. but but um, he knew everyone's name. He knew everyone where they're from. Um, it was just such a good experience and 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 learning learning and seeing what a, a, a good golf course uh, can do a tournament. It was it was just an experience. Absolutely so. And and Phil Beal is uh, a superintendent and no longer at the Australian, um, but mm. you know very well regarded in the industry, extremely well regarded in the industry um, oh. during his tenure at, at the Aussie and just in general. I mean, wonderful, wonderful career and uh, you know uh, someone who's got great experience and certainly delivered a number of of uh, Australian Opens at the Aussie. And um, they were certainly very, very well done. Um, yeah, opens too. It was just, um, just the way he he presented himself. Um, if I could do half of what he does in the way he uh, he his yeah just runs runs his golf course, it was, I don't know, it was just great to to see and, and learn from from that. And 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 then with with the volunteers, most of them were twices or superintendents. Um, who volunteered? So yep. got got a lot of knowledge for a lot of people, and, and it was it's it was just such a yeah a great experience. Just the, the 
the network inside of it was was awesome for sure. And and they're I think they're advertising at the moment um, for the Australian Open this year down at uh, yeah. Victoria and Kingston Heath. So mate, are you going to throw your hat in the ring or anyone listening? Why not? You've heard already what the experience oh, is like. Recommend 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 to do it. Um, I'd like to. The dates probably don't work. Yeah, fair enough. You can't um, go to all of them. Doing, yeah, well, I'd like to do more, but um, the dates probably don't work. So I think I'm doing a bit of work through that, that time. Fair enough. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll talk about yep, that soon. Yep. Now, mate, it's been a very, very long set. We've lasted probably five minutes per question on it so far. But I'm at the final one here. So we've made our way to number seven. If you could visit one golf course anywhere on the on the planet tomorrow, which one would it be for you, mate? I can't answer that one. Oh, no. If we get to the climax I, and you tell I, me you I, can't answer it. I, I, I want I've always wanted to say um, Augusta National, but 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 you're not going to say Augusta National, I'm right? I'm not going to say it now because <laughs> after watching the um, the, Mar- uh, the Open last week, oh yeah, St Andrews, oh very good. See, and you know what? And and I was talking to this. Um, uh, who was I talking to this? I can't remember. I was talking to someone about it, um, about how St Andrews is kind of underrepresented when I asked that question in the podcast to all the superintendents that it, it often falls to Augusta. And for me, it's St Andrews. It, it always has been um, for my number one. But I find very, very few people mention St Andrews as the course, as their number one to, to pick around the world. And that's okay, but after watching it the other day on television, my God, it just boosted the reasons why I want to go there. Oh yeah, it, it was um, it was just amazing to watch, and and the golf course itself um, uh, on TV probably doesn't show what it what it could be, but oh, of course. just the way you, just the way you had to play that golf course, it's was incredible. just amazing. Oh, different and, golf. And I love yeah, different golf. And it's great to watch um, the imagination required by yeah. players, and and yeah. you know that's afforded to them at a place like St Andrews. And no doubt, I've got no doubt, I should say, because I haven't been there. But I, I I get an understanding that that landscape and and a lot of the British Isles where those golf courses are, and there's a stack of them around that region as well where St Andrews is. That that they're all quite similar. I won't say they're the same, but that concept of using your imagination, the ground game is is ever present, more so than than on most of our golf experiences here in Australia. It's quite it's quite incredible. That's the home of golf. There's a reason why it is the home of golf and the sport. You know, derived from that to everything else we have today. It's you know you go back to it and. Um, it's just it's incredible in every way, shape, and form. One day I'll get just there. Just that, that natural setting. Uh, the other one I was going to go close to was Bambiugu. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I, yeah, that's one I'd like to go to, and that and yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. But I'd like yeah, just the natural setting, middle of nowhere, and all it is is just a golf course, and well, three golf courses, whatever Mate, it's it is, is mind blowing. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I was lucky yeah. to go there last year, and uh, I want to go back in a hurry. I may not get back in a hurry, but it is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of those very few moments I can speak of where, for myself where you have an expectation, whether you do it on purpose or not, when you arrive at Barn Bugle, you, it's still so much better. Like your expectation, you think it's high and you're worried that it might not reach the heights of your expectation. And when you get there and you're looking around and you eventually play it and do whatever – it's still so much better. That's just my. I don't want to 
tell anyone else what their their thoughts and processes are from their experience. But for me, it blew my expectations out of the water, and I thought I had a high one. So yeah. that's how good I found it. So, uh, mate, look, um, it's a great podcast, Lance. That's a good. Uh, what's it been half an hour? <laughs> Oh, good. Now, thank you for doing the seven short answer long versions of uh, the Steve Super 7. Mate, well, <laughs> I've got to stop laughing. Um, we'll calm down a little bit. Now, let's, let's talk about your story, mate. That's part of... That's part of Keeper of the Greens. I like to showcase and talk about where where green keepers come from, how you guys get into the uh, the industry, how you whether you wanted to be part of it, whether you stumbled into it by accident. Lance, take us to the beginning for you and uh, tell us, you know, where where you sort of came from to get into green keeping and how did it happen for you day one? Yeah, it's okay. It can could be a, a long, a long answer or a short answer. <laughs> well, so far those short ones were long. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> well, pretty much, um, I've been been thinking about about a lot of how, how the journey's been, and um, and in a way, um, it took me about five years to actually get onto a golf course. Um, okay. Um, uh, when I was about f- uh, fifteen, year eleven, um, I think it was year eleven, uh, the old man used to play every Saturday. Um, and I, um, got to a point I wanted to play with him. Um, so every Saturday morning we play, but I didn't really enjoy the golf side of it, Okay. but I just loved, I just loved being out there. And, and during that, during that time, um, uh, we had a bit of work, work experience and that, and I, I decided to go on the golf course and see how that is. So, so, um, went to Hartfield, um, which was our golf course in our suburb and, and, and every Monday for about a, a term we, uh, I, I did work experience there and enjoyed it. And then the next term went to Hillview and enjoyed it. So this is what I want to do. Can I ask, mate, where they are? Are we still in Perth or Bustledon? So where are we? Yeah so, so I, yeah, so I grew up in Perth. Um, okay. In in uh, Forestfield, which is um, near the Perth airport uh, in the foothills. Um, so okay. Hartfield, Country, Hartfield Country Club um, is in, in Forest Forestfield. Right. And then Hillview is in Maidavale, which is not too far um uh, from from where I am, so so close close golf course co- sure. golf courses, so yeah, so I did work experience there, and I was like, this is what I want to do. Put my, or try to f- find if I could get a job or anything. Couldn't couldn't get anything, and then um, went to TAFE for cert two in horticulture to try to try to learn more and try to get myself a, a job really. Yeah, right. Um, and then uh, got a few interviews here. I was only 16, um, at the time and, and couldn't, didn't have a license and it got, it was really difficult to, to, uh, to get a job because of not having a license at the time and that. And yeah, in a way got a, got a job somewhere else just in a warehouse and sort of gave up on the idea, uh, and was in a warehouse, um, being a, a forklift driver um, okay. to, from set, from seventeen to twenty years old. So far from um, the landscape of working outside. But, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I gave, gave up. Unfortunately, gave up on the idea and enjoyed myself in this in this uh, warehouse and, and had a great time. Uh, yeah, teenager. As long um, as you weren't yeah. one of those guys we see the replays of over and over again on social media, where they drive a forklift into a pile of boxes and the whole scaffolding <laughs> comes down. <laughs> no, no, uh, it was. Um, they're very dangerous machines. Yes. Um, yeah, and no, that's that was a sc- the scary thing is when you do get on two wheels. It, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep, let's was, keep those stories off the public record. Shall cool. we? <laughs> but, yeah. So, so yeah, I was there for there for three years and just it, 
went so quick actually when you come think of it. And then um got to about twenty years old and it's like I don't have a qualification or anything. And I know like it was later down the track I think it was gonna gonna hurt if I if I wanted to keep going with something. So I decided to to leave. Um and what I and and in the back of my mind I was always oh, I'd like to go get on a golf course. So that's always still been one of those uh, those passions. So this is uh twenty yeah, two thousand and four. I put my resume out. Um, I, I wrote, wrote a resume and, and, and mailed my resume to, to golf courses in Perth. Right. Um, there was uh, just looked at the, um, the UBD, you know, the uh, roadmap. Geez, most people courses. wouldn't even know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> the UBD or the Greg. If you walked up to someone and said, listen, can you just get a copy of Gregory's out? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. UBD, people look at you sideways. <laughs> what what yeah. novel's that? <laughs> yeah, so I just put my put my resume out. Uh, like I found twenty courses and just put my resume out. Didn't didn't think in, anything of it. And then and then about a month later, I, I get a phone call um, from uh, the golf course in my suburb, Hartfield. Um, said, oh, "I've got your resume. Um, would you be keen on on, on going? I'll uh, go for an interview and see see if you like it or not." And it was just it was just such a weird weird feeling. So, okay, let's give this a go, and pretty much haven't looked back since. And that wow! Was, uh, like a, a five year gap from me wanting to be on a golf course to getting a job on a golf course. There you go, mate. That's great. So you get in at Hartfield and do an apprenticeship. Is that how where you started? Is that how it worked for you to getting in? No, we just we just um it was just as a greenkeeper. Okay. Um. At the time, um, I was moved out of home and and couldn't really afford to do an apprenticeship. And yep. the the uh, super decided uh, he didn't want to do an apprentice apprenticeship at the time. Apprentice at the time, and I can't remember why. But I think he, I'm not too sure why, but it was just just as a greenkeeper. Um, and then after six months, uh, I enrolled to do night school. Right. So, so we had um, so every Monday for 18 months, we yeah night night school instead of doing an apprenticeship. Okay, so that's how you got your qualification that way, sort of doing it yeah. outside work. So you, you were earning effectively a, a wage that you could live off, um, but you weren't earning, but you weren't locked into an apprenticeship, which meant that you yeah. know, I suppose things could change. So you could you could essentially, you know, I suppose lose your job in effect if a club could no longer afford you. There was no reason to mm. lock you in, and there's there's a little bit of other things that come involved in that. You you're sort of doing a little bit more off your own bat. I suppose. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. We, I had to yeah, do it myself. But that shows I, I a level think, of commitment, right? That shows you that you were keen. Pretty much, yeah. And I think I actually paid for myself. I can't, can't mm. remember back that time, but I think I actually had to pay for my would own it, education. No doubt would have been. That's part of the mm. apprenticeship. That's a part of the sweetener for the apprenticeship is, mm. um, is that it's all covered for you. Um, but, but when you do it the other way, you, you end up doing it. So you paid your own way. You did it at nights. All that sort of stuff because you were clearly wanted to be a greenkeeper, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So, how long did you work at Hartfield for? Uh, Eleven years. Whoa, <laughs> that's not what I was expecting you to tell me. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good. So, how did you, did you move through the through the um, through the ranks there? Is from greenkeeper starting out? Did you get up to uh, you know potentially assistant or anything like that? Yeah, so pretty much. Um... Uh, where do I begin with that? Yeah, just loved loved my job, and and we had such a good crew. It wasn't really um, at this at the early time was it wasn't trying to progress or anything. I just enjoyed it, so I wasn't trying to get get 
to become a 2IC and do all this. It was yep. just enjoying the job and have, having a great great team to work with. Yeah, cool. Um, after five years, I became um, uh, irrigation tech okay. and, and 3IC. Yep. And, um, and yeah, just, yeah, again, had a good superintendent, good assistant, and we just, um, just enjoyed working together and, and all that. So again, I just didn't really look to pro- progress. And the team worked well, right? By the sounds of it. Yeah. 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 We had a great team. And, um, and then nine years in, um, my assistant, oh, my, sorry, my super, um, resigned and, and I was like, you know what, I could. Now do this as a career. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it got to a point. It's like you know what? I actually do want to want to benefit myself, and I want to progress now. Yep. Which is really weird after nine years. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. You didn't start. You didn't exactly start out young either. Just quietly it took you five years yeah. to work it out. <laughs> How much yeah, you really much, wanted yeah. to. Be. And it's interesting because you kind of knew that you liked it and you wanted to do it, but you didn't have or didn't find the opportunity to do so until you just like you know what. I'm done over here. I really, it's still, it's still there. I still want to go there. So then you found a way, mm, and mm. and then you got into to to green. And then you it sounds like you enjoyed it. So you were just, it just kept on enjoying it, and then realized, well, you know what, it. I want it more. Was, yeah. So it was just um a, a great job doing and, it your way, doing it my way. Yeah, and and it wasn't like um I had I wanted to I always want to be better, uh, better yourself and, and make it a career, but. But it was always such a, such a, um, a a great place to work, and, and and yeah, that's when I enjoyed myself. It didn't get to a point that I, I wanted to progress, and that's when it got really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain that. Yeah, so when um when my super uh, left, um, I, that's when I decided to to put my name in. I was only three IC, put my name in the hat, um, and. And then it got to a point. I didn't get the job. We had a really good, good applica- application applicant who who got it and is is still there and doing a great job there. But what it what it did is uh, lit the fire in a way of, of of this is what I want to do now. I actually want to be a super. Yep. And um and so it's like, okay. What what's what can I do to to get myself there? And and that's the first time after nine years um, was I think I need to leave. I think wow. I need to um, to go to do something. I've got to try to get an assistant job somewhere and and try to be, um, benefit myself somewhere else because um, at the time movement wasn't there. Uh, was nowhere to go above you. There really. was nowhere to go above. Yeah. And that, so, what was that epiphany like? Was that something? Did you find that? Um, I, I won't say scary, but was it daunting in effect to think that you, whilst you had a good job and you were happy there and you you know you enjoyed your time greatly. Did you find it dawning that uh, the thought that you had to go somewhere else to to make that next you know step to learn more, get more experience? You didn't know where that would be. Was it was it dawning, or was the challenge like you know what? I'm hungry for this shit. I don't care where I go. I'm going there. Pretty much the the, the, the latter. It wasn't daunting. <laughs> it was it was um yeah. It was like I, I was ready by then to go. You know I, I've got to I've got to do something to to progress. Yep. Um, and so it was never really um, a concern of me me leaving, and and um, absolutely love that place, and, and it's still yes, yeah, still great. And every time I go there, I just absolutely love it. It's it was my second home for for eleven years. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so during so that's when I yeah I got to start looking, and then went for a few assistant jobs, and oh, in in two years I went for ten assistant jobs, and um, and no luck. Yeah, with anything and 
and um, wasn't even get interviews. Yeah, and really? Okay. Yeah, it was it was um, there were a couple of interviews here and there, but for the ten, I think I had two interviews. Yeah, and 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 um, and no luck where 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 else sort of thing. So it, it got to a point as like, what am I am I doing something wrong? Um, you how, start how questioning, I, yeah. Yes, start questioning yourself, and then that's what this that's what happened, and um, and so it was, yeah, two years of of okay, well. What do I do? Do I just stay here? Do I? And then you almost second guess yourself. So is this the industry I want to be in? What else could I do? And and then um, luckily enough, I got a um, a job and as an assistant down at Margaret River. Okay, um, so you finally had the opening. I finally got the opening there yeah, after eleven years at at Hartfield. Uh, I made the made the uh, the the jump um, and moved out of out of my suburb and, and moved down to Margaret River. And uh, that was a that was a big step personal for me. Um, I've sure. always lived in in Forestwood all my life, and yep. I think I was 30, 31. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people have joked in the past that I would never I would never leave Forestwood and, and all that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a bit entrenched there, obviously. I actually, I, I you know, I know, I kind of know that feeling. I was the same in the Blue Mountains. Uh, everyone was like, you, "You're here," and I never saw myself going anywhere else. It sounds like you were a little bit the same until that time come where you go, you know what? I have to go. This is this is what I need to do, and then the opportunity comes up, and you go, "That's it. I'm out." Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much. Um, uh, personal life it was soccer club, cricket club, all in Forestfield. Um, yeah, the only time I I did leave Forestfield was for away games. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, it moved out of Mike River was um was great. Um, that's another half hour away from Bustleton. I was uh, going to so say that's hours. that's further south from where you are there at Bustleton. Further isn't south, it? yeah. Yeah. So we're we're uh we're two and a half hours, but um, Mike River is about three hours. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and that the course, um, yeah, um, a little bit smaller than us had three and a half staff. So super assistant, uh, an apprentice and a, and a part-timer. Okay. And it was, it was a great, um, eye-opener having a uh, half we had 10, 10 staff to, to having a, a smaller staff of, of three and a half. Yep. And, um, and, uh, yeah, learned a lot from the super at the time, um, and became great mates with him and talked to him all the time. We're, we're still still pretty close. Yeah, I was there for 12 months. Can I ask you a um, question? During the time you were there for 12 and, and the move, like you mentioned, from a larger team to a smaller regional golf course, um, and I can I don't think I'm being unfair on saying that. Um, oh, yeah. Time, do, time do, you, <laughs> was, do you find that you have to be – and I don't know what you were doing um, as uh, as the greenkeeper at Hartfield and, and the level of work, but do you find at, at a smaller course you really – everyone has to be able to do everything? Do you find yeah. that you've really got to be um, – you find yourself experiencing all sorts of things. You have to work out and find a way to problem solve because you can't – sometimes the specialists aren't there at your fingertips. Sometimes it is – you look around and you go, shit, it's me. I've got to solve this problem. <laughs> I've got to work it out. Um, d- did you find that within the whole team? That everyone was sort of pretty good and, and, and it sort of stemmed from the top down that everyone helped each other out. We've got to solve all sorts of different problems that you might not have experienced so much. Uh, that's a question. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and and I, I love that that small team environment in that way. That's it. Get your hands dirty. Yeah, Figure it out yeah. yourself. If not, give someone a call. And, 
And uh, Bustleton's the same. Um, yeah, we had to do everything ourselves. No mechanic, no yep. Um, yeah, yeah, no irrigation technician. You just did it yourself, and and that's that, that's what I, I love about the smaller courses compared to a bigger course because you have bigger courses. Everyone's got their individual jobs. Uh, at at Hartfield, I was just irrigation, oh, not just irrigation tech, but I was irrigation tech, and that was my my baby. That was your yeah. That was you. What you were basically doing most majority, not all a hundred percent, but the majority. That was your role. The majority, yeah, that's it. And so the spraying, uh, spraying, and and um, uh, the mechanical side of it never really did much of that um, at Hartfield. So to to go to a smaller course and you got to do everything. Yeah. It, it's it's such a good um, yeah, a, a great way to to learn more either way. Yeah. Cool. Um, so twelve months at Margaret River. So it's ever twelve. Um, enjoyed enjoyed the job. Enjoyed the golf course. Um, but I couldn't. I struggled to live in Margaret River. It's a really pla- a hard place to um, to become a, a local in a way. It's a holiday destination. Is it, I don't know what it's like. Is it is it a small country region, being it's a wine a small, region? Yeah. And it's a yeah, surfy. It's, it's a surf haven, isn't it? Pretty pretty much, yeah. So if you if you didn't surf or or yeah, it was just a really difficult place to find friends, really. Yep. Um, yeah, it was. It was just. I don't know. It was just a hard, hard place to. And that's to the stuff because... outside work, right? So, the, the work right. side of it was easy. You've moved away from everything that you know, and you're three hours from from everyone you know, I suppose. To you know, you throw yourself. I find you, you throw yourself headlong into work, but outside that, you know, you're sort of on your own. Yeah. So I, I struggled um, of the fear and fear of missing out yep. uh, at home. Yeah. Um, I was still part of the soccer club and 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 had a really good involvement there. I coached um, before I left okay. um, to Mug River and stuff. So, so um, for that year, when uh, always missed, always still try to find out how they went and stuff like that. I just I felt like I missed out a lot of lot of stuff that way, and I shouldn't have looked at that at that. But um, I did. But that attachment's there because you spent so much of your time outside work doing all these other things and, and mm. a good network of friends and, and hobbies and things that you do. You've basically Band-Aid removed that off. I mean, that's a hard thing to go stone cold turkey on because that's the fun of socialising outside work, right? It keeps it was, you yeah, sane. Yeah. So it was difficult at the time. Um, uh, coming back, coming now to the inn and bustle which we'll talk about later, um, is so much different to what it was down in Mug River at, at, at the time. Through my through my um, yeah social and, and my life at the time. Sure. So after Bustleton, what happened when you did your twelve months? What was the catalyst for the for the movie? You said it was difficult for you. Um, where did you go? So um, I got offered a job at Mount Lawley Golf Club. Oh, that's um, got a good a, rep. Yeah, yeah. So just as a um, as a greenkeeper there, and that's um, back in Perth, is it? Back up in Perth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, my former superintendent, who was at Hartfield, um, uh, went to went to Mount Lawley, and um, he he's uh, called me up one day and, and asked me if I wanted to to move to uh, move home and go to Mount Lawley, and so I took took up on the uh, chance to to move home. Very good. So what did what was the role there at Mount Lawley? Um, I was just a greenkeeper at the time. Okay. And then six six months in, um, I became a course foreman. Okay. Um, which was a pretty much a joint through IC and and took over the uh, the irrigation side of that, and then the other course foreman was the the spray technician. Yep. So um yeah so yeah jumped back into an irrigation role and um 
yeah, we, we did um, an irrigation upgrade at, at the time. And, cool. Um, yeah, full yeah, full uh, yeah, irrigation install, and and that was a, that was a great experience. But the main the main thing of going back up to Perth was um, go, my my goal was to become a superintendent. Um, yep. I've always that was always still the goal. So getting that experience down in Margaret River, um, went for a few jobs there as well to try to try to benefit myself as well. Um, and then when I moved back home, um, I wanted to uh, start am I cert three am I cert four? Yeah. Okay. The next level. This is the next level of education, yeah. really, in turf qualifications. Yeah, yeah. So the goal was move back home and complete my cert, my certificate four in in sports turf management. Was that again? Is this a night thing? I don't know. I I haven't done my this, cert four. I didn't do it. Yeah, this was another night school. Yeah, this was every Monday. <laughs> Are um, you nocturnal by chance? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a couple couple of hours. It was like four o'clock to to seven o'clock sort of thing. Yeah, right. Um, and then, and then everything else was yeah, it was all all homework in a way. I think that's how um, the cert four is done across the board, from what I gather. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, yeah, um, I think I don't think cert four is involved anymore. I think it's more diploma. Oh yeah, um, and stuff like names that. Names and yeah, yeah, different states call them anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, gotcha. Yes. So, um, yeah, every Monday, um, TAFE lecturer, which is he's an absolute legend, uh, John Forrest. Um, he, yeah, he was just, um, he's amazing. He's been, he was a TAFE lecturer for 20 plus years and, and he, he did a, uh, he would have taught everyone really in the WA industry. Yeah, right. There's always um, one. And, There's always one of those guys. Yeah. Well, we've got a good couple, but, uh, John Forrest, um, he was my course director at Hartfield as well. Okay. So we had a good connection. With yeah, him, right. Yeah. Cool. So you do yeah. Cert 4. Yep. That's what we're calling it. Cert 4 Diploma. Um, and you're working at Mount Lawley. How did you find Mount Lawley? Because like I said before, it's got a pretty good rap. It's got a good name. What was the landscape like there relative, say, to Hartfield? Was it was it a different well, type of landscape or was it, it was, similar? It was, yeah. So um, the best thing looking at it now is the three courses I was at, which three totally different courses. And this is where I needed to get the experience yeah. um, of, of learning that. Like Hartfield, I, 11 years at Hartfield, I, I believe I knew everything that course could do like yep. uh, and but was it always right was it wrong i didn't know so um so hartfield was like a blue collar type course it was um okay like a, a second tier course of of um of wa of perth yep. and mount lawley was in that top tier yep. um there's about five or six courses in that that top bracket and mount lawley was 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 one of them and um yeah totally different experience to, to even hartfield hartfield we had 10 nine to 10 staff, Mount Lawley was 10 to 11 staff, but just totally different way of, of operating. And um, yeah, so it was good, good, good experience of, of, of that change uh, going from those three courses. For sure. So you're spending time there at Mount Lawley. How long were you at Mount Lawley before you moved from there? Are we working our way to Bustleton? <laughs> yeah, so uh, just under three years. Um, okay. I think it was March to 2016 to November 2018. So good experience so, had at Mount Lawley. Yeah. So during that time, still, um, I was still looking to progress. I was um, still wanted an assistant job, and and then keep going. Um, it was at the time so difficult in the assistant superintendent role in in Perth. Yeah. Sure. Um, and and so um, always put my put my name in the hat and, and try to try to benefit myself and. I was always a true believer, like of um, not just going for a job just for the sake of it. I, I, I believed I was the best person for the job. I was Absolutely. never going to go for a 
never going to go for a top tier course as a superintendent and just because like yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I, I, I was the best I, I believe I was the best person for that role the Busselton job um there's a bit of the story there but I actually got offered the Busselton job um from the old superintendent he told the committee to to get me so, so I didn't actually go for this job. So were you at Mount Lawley when that happened? I was at Mount Lawley, yeah. I was at Mount Lawley. And then you get a phone call? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Wow. Now that's a <laughs> – did that raise your eyebrows? Pretty much. And then that's um, that's where the story uh, – it's such a crazy story because I went for so many jobs and there was so many heartbreak um, that uh, when this came up, it was it was just like an uh, unbelievable – why is this happening to me? Because it, um, it just didn't feel, yeah, deserving of it in a way. And and yeah, it was it was just a crazy experience. Well, mate, look, it's it's one of those things, I suppose. And you, if you're out there doing your thing, you know, the the one thing I always say, people are always watching, whether you know it or mm. not. You know, so there are people that that will find out who you are because there's there's always people talking, there's always people watching. So as long as you, I find you're out there, you know, doing your best, and and you you you're proving to everyone, um, you know, what you can do and who you are. Uh, there's always something that'll come knocking on your door, and uh, and for you, like you'd been doing it, and and well, you that- were being noticed. You had been noticed to the point where someone got in touch with you to headhunt you. Now that doesn't happen every day, and it does. It, no. it certainly doesn't happen by a bloody accident. It's not like they accidentally called your number, and and this is the thing, right? So there was a it was a deliberate move. So, but that yeah. would have been a pretty special feeling. Pretty much what what it was um, uh, when I was down in Margaret River, I met the superintendent of Busselton a couple of times, and and he he knew of me, um, and still got in contact with the. Uh, the superintendent down in Margaret River, and and he, yeah, see, he just, from from what I gather, he he's, I, I, he noticed me in a way, and then um then when when there was an opportunity um uh, for him, he, he he had to um he had to leave, and um he he always had had me uh, earmarked to to come down here, and it's just a weird experience. And mate, like I said, that, that that that's a pretty special thing, and how I'm curious how you were thinking about that knowing that you'd moved back to perth from margaret river where where were you at now you spent five years i think you said at mount lawley where where was your thought process now about you know the idea to go back albeit a supers role um it still meant getting out of the city yeah um it was there was no i was going to do it um <laughs> ah, that was it it finally come this is what you wanted was here i'm grabbing it with both hands Pretty much, no. Yeah, that's it. I, I didn't. There was no. Um, oh, should I do it? Um, it was just. Uh, we're, we're doing it. Awesome. And yeah, and um, well, the, the main the, the story of it was uh, a year earlier, and there was so much, there's so much heartbreak um, and and rejection. But there was one one time um, about a year earlier, I went for the Dunsborough superintendent role, which is close to Buswilden as well. It's only about twenty minutes away from here. Yep. Um and and um had a had a good phone interview with him and, and it was it was looking looking pretty pretty good. And that's when I was like, I'm 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 happy to go wherever wherever to be a superintendent. Yep. And um and the day before the interview I get a phone call saying don't bother coming down. Um we've already made our choice. Um 
um, thank you, but no thanks in a way of, of coming. Oh, you didn't and even get a start. Didn't even get an interview. And um, and that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. Yeah, right. Um, because I was prepared. I was ready. Um, uh, took the, I was, uh, had the day off to, to go down there and, and have the interview and was really, really prepared to try to, to prove myself. And to not even get get an interview and 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 so like, you haven't met me, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, in a way, yeah. Yep. Was well, that was the hardest, really hard. Yeah, sure. And um, and that that day I spoke to a few of my old bosses and and there was a bit of a, a frustration um period and and um had to actually my old boss from Hartfield and a couple of guys from Hartfield come to my house with a cat and a beer and and. Um, drown the sorrows in a way. No better way to drown those sorrows, mate, than with a garden of beer. <laughs> Very <laughs> Aussie, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like that, it, it. It it obviously hit hard. You, like you said, you were prepared to. You know, it obviously meant a lot to you. You'd been trying so hard to get it. You finally got a chance, and and having that interview ready for you to be at to really mm. push your case. And it was somewhere that you, you know, you obviously wanted to, to, to make that move too. You were happy to go, and mm. and it was sort of like I suppose the the rug was ripped out from underneath. You didn't even get a chance. It was all taken away. That, that's it. Yeah. And and you'd and finally got given a chance to have an interview after the the so, amount of times trying. So so what 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 happened that day uh, with the carton of beer um, was I got a message uh, from the superintendent of Busselton. Um, his assistant just resigned, and he was seeing if I wanted to to do the move down south and be his assistant. Okay. Um, of the same day of the the rejection of not getting the uh, yeah right um, the interview for Dunsborough. Right. And um, I was unsure at the time um, because moving back to down south as an assistant and and doing that way, I was yep. I was keen on doing the super super role, but yep. But was was it going to be beneficial for me to come back down south just as an assistant? Yeah. Um, luckily enough, um, I didn't have to make that choice. I actually sent my resume and, and cover letter to him anyway, just to, to get it going. Sure. But, um, a couple of days later, he's, he's called me up going, oh, now the assistant's going to stay now. And, um, and it was lucky that I didn't have to make that, that choice to, to, uh, to stay or go in a way. So, so it was good in that way that, um, I didn't get the job, but what it, what it did is I gave my resume to him. Yep. So, um, so twelve months later, when all this was happening, he had my resume already ready there to, you go. to give to the board. There mm. you go, and he had you in mind. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Had and like I mind. said, so, you, there's someone always watching your work. You know, it's t- it, there's a few years in that, but 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 people had known who you were, the work you'd done. Like I said, it wasn't, um, it didn't happen by accident that you mm, you got yeah. a phone call. So that that's a pretty good feeling. So you're off to bustle to mate. Out of the out of the big smoke and back to the bush. Oh, so I shouldn't say the bush. Back to to a regional part down there, a beautiful part of the world, of Bustledon, and um, take the reins for the very first time. Mm. How was that day walking into the shed, officially being employed as superintendent of Bustledon for the something that you'd been dreaming and working hard to get? You finally got it. What was that day like? I it was easy. Um, oh come on! I, I was working up to a bit more of a story than that. Nah, no, because I, I, I prepared myself for so long. It, it was a five-year type journey. Sure. By the time, but by, by the time it happened, I, I just it felt so easy that I was ready. Um, so cool. everything I did that from the cert, cert four was a big, um, a big one for me. 
um, I believe like Cert 3, um, you learnt your hands on stuff out on the golf course. Cert 4 was everything office works in a way. Yep. So everything um, uh, um, preparing yourself for it. So so when I first started, it was it just felt natural. You walked straight in. Um, walked straight in. So And we had a really good crew. Um, the assistant was, was just uh, amazing, a really good bloke, and we got along uh, straight away. Um, and and the golf course is in great condition. So so everything when it when it happened, it was it just felt easy. It just felt natural to to walk in and and um, continue continue what the the superintendent and assistant did before me. It was yeah. There you go. Very good. So this is the start. So what year did you did you walk into Bustleton? That was uh, November twenty eighteen. Okay, so you've been there now for four years, more or less. Yeah, yeah, just under four. Yeah, it's yeah, it's four winters, and that that to me is four years. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've you've been steering the place for four years. You've you've done a lot of work at Bustleton, uh, a lot of improvements under your uh, under your leadership there, and the time that you've been you've been there since the day that you walked in, and it culminated just recently. At the uh, the Australian Sports Turf Managers Association Awards Night, the gala dinner in Melbourne, where the uh, where the, the the annual conference was held, where you had been nominated for and ultimately won the award for excellence in golf course management. Now, mate, I got to tell you, that doesn't happen by accident either. Now, there's a couple of things here <laughs> that are starting to to really show off. You know. Your skills as a greenkeeper, and and your obviously there's there's leadership involved there. You love what you do. There's passion behind it. We've heard that part to now. Then you go and win this award after being there and working hard with the crew and doing a lot of work for the club for four years. Made it that's a big deal from being headhunted to then lifting the game again at Bustleton. What the hell have you done at Bustleton, and how good is the place? It's um. It's crazy, just the way you said that. <laughs> uh, um, Mate, I'm blowing smoke up your ass because oh, that, that's, that's that's a bit of a deal. And from what I gather, and I was chatting to you, and I, I'd seen that you won the award. I actually reported it on Walking the Fairways, and we have touched base previous to you winning the award. And I wanted to get in touch with you to get you on as well, not knowing that you, in between, you were going to win the, the award for excellence in golf course management. Mate, that's... That that is a really big accolade. That's across the country, you know. It's, it's crazy. That you're in um, Bustleton, and I, I I'm not trying to say that it's a it's a it's a, a, a tiny country town, just a golf course that no one really knows. But that's over there. It's a holiday region. It's a golf course that people know about. We might not have heard about it so much on the east coast, but you've won the award, and I'll say it again. You've won the award for excellence in golf course management. Out of all of those that work on golf courses in Australia that were nominated, it um, it's yeah, it's crazy. Um, we decided to go myself and gentleman decided to just nominate for the state award. I was happy just winning the state award. Um, and big and deal just because of the heart. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it's it's a prestigious award for just the state. A state. That's right. And, the state award is a big deal. I mean, then, yeah, you, then yeah. you get then you get on the national stage. So yeah, keep talking about it. Tell us tell us what yeah. you went through. So um, yeah, we just the state award. I just wanted to um, to acknowledge the hard work we've done out here, 
and um, didn't think much of it. Just to be nominated would be, would have, is, is great for me. Um, to, That's to win huge. that, it, it, yeah. So to, to win the state award, um, yeah, and then you're nominated for the uh, the Australian award, and um, put my uh, put um, my nomination in, and didn't think anything of it. Um, it was, to me, uh, everything we've done is just normal. Because you have um, been doing a lot of work. There's lots of bits of the golf course, greens, tees, bunkers, rebuilding there. You've done some environmental changes in management, the way that you look after the golf course. You're trying to reduce your, your chemical inputs in maintenance, and you've got a new maintenance facility has been upgraded. So in there's safety on that and environmental stewardship as well. On the that there's Mate, it's been a busy four years. <laughs> in, in that way, yeah, it has. <laughs> Pretty much, um, I don't think, um, when I first started, it, it wasn't um, to change the golf course. Um, to me, what, uh, the, golf, the golf course is in great, was in great condition, but um, they always wanted a master plan. What, okay. what, is, your, what is your next step? Yep. So, so um, for the first two years, I uh, was try to, try to implement something that could, could work without going crazy with budgets and, and, and all that. It was like, okay, what, what do... What do we pinpoint what need, needs to happen? Um, the shed was the main one. Our shed was four sheds in one, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare. Um, uh, we always joked that it was uh, you had to play Tetris every day to get your get the machines out. <laughs> know that feeling uh, well, and it's not fun. It's terrible. It's, yeah. Inefficient so, and really and 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 it can be quite uh, in terms of safety. It's pretty ordinary. Yeah, we had to climb over machines to, to get out, um, set the alarm and climb over the machines in the dark to, to close the close the door. And it was it wasn't fun. Um, but the efficiency side of it, um, with my guys, it was took us about fifteen minutes to, to get ready. So to get all the machines out to get our machines um, uh, out there on the golf course it was fifteen minutes. So you work out six people. It was an hour and a half worth of wasted yep. uh, time in the morning. Hundred percent. And then and then in the afternoon. So we wasted three hours of of work because of a shed. It's just shit, um, right? It's there's, there's no it, it there's nothing good about it. It is so much dead time, and mm. and lots of people, lots of 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 members of clubs, committee members, board members don't realise it's something that they would sit there and go, "We just pile all the gear in the shed and lock it up, right? It's not that difficult." And you're like, "Yeah, but each of us is we're all spending fifteen minutes getting going. We've lost." that much mm. time in a day now extrapolate that out over a month and then do it across a year and I'll give you the number of how much dead wasted useless time is spent getting out of this shit shed mm. I mean it, it, it there is a lot to that right it, it, yeah that and that's where we um well, that, that's where uh, the argument was was the um, the time efficiency. Um, to have uh, six guys, you want to try to get as much uh, time out of the golf course. And the health okay, and safety side of it, it was dark and dingy in areas. And you just couldn't see what you're doing and, and all that. So, so it was always on the um, the plan to do. Yep. But then when when we got got involved, um, trying to explain what type of shed you want as well. You, you, uh, with a greenkeeping shed compared to a farming shed. You want to have room, access, get on a machine and go. When a farming shed, you have four doors and you just get everything in the shed. And so we didn't want to go that way again. Yep. So trying to explain to a non non greenkeeper this is the this is the target. Uh, it was, that was a hard one to, to to win as well. And and um yeah, 
luckily enough, it all went went through, and and it's the best thing that's ever happened to us. In a way, everything now is so so efficient. I, I say to people, and a lot of people obviously have never seen inside a greenkeeping maintenance facility or walked inside of it, or don't even know about them. But most people can relate to an office desk, and I say to them that if you've got an office desk and your computer and your diary, your pens, your papers, your you know your little organising shelf, if they're all covered in shit, and every morning you turn up to your desk, you've got to go and move everything, put it aside, and you go and put it on the floor next to your chair, and then you get to work, and then when you're finished, you've got to pick it all up off the floor and you just plonk it all back over the top of everything else. If you do that every day... You've wasted a lot of time, and it's very inefficient. You've got to go and look for things. Nothing has a home. They, they, people can relate to the desk theory. And with a maintenance facility, it's the same concept, except it's just a giant room. So you really need to have everything organized mm. to be efficient at your job. Well, it. everything has its own bay. Yeah, um, everything has that, a home. That's what you want. Yeah, um, the old shed, it was just try to get it in there and, and hopefully that door closes. <laughs> um, and, and now having the shed, we've had it for about 12 months. It, it's it's just a dream. And talking to the guys that have been here uh, eight, nine, ten years, and now it's like, well, how, why hasn't this happened before? Like, <laughs> like it was, it's just it's so much easier to just to work. And, and it def- I feel like it's been a better environment for the staff as well that the, the club has put money into into us to to do the job we can we can do in a way and 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 I feel it, for myself it felt like um, yeah, an honour for the golf course to put some money in because not sheds aren't cheap and um, and to put the money into a, a maintenance shed uh, compared to to putting money into the clubhouse or or this or that um, it, it's it was it was great for the the club to to uh, tick that box in a way. Well, that's. I'm glad you pointed that out, mate, because that was one of the things I was just about to ask you or mention, is that it's not $5,000. It's not $10,000. I mean, it's a big investment from the golf club to put into something that they probably can't really quantify. Even though you could sit there and, and, and tell them the time wasted and all this sort of stuff, for the for the board members and, and the people making the decisions in the club, they, they go, well... What we're not getting a new green out of this. We're not we're not changing the carpet in the clubhouse out of this. They're getting a new shed, so essentially they're getting a, a new storage facility. But but it's more than that. And and now that you can you can see how you you're operating as a team, there's a lot more safety involved. Uh, things are a lot safer in general, and that comes down to environmental safety as well uh, with storage of things and bits and pieces and the like in the shed. I mean, it, it's a big investment and a big commitment, but like you mentioned, it's a very important one from the club that they did for the – and it's for the long term of the golf club as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, my argument was um, the shed we had was 40 years old. This shed I want for 40 years. So I wanted yeah. it, wanted to be big enough that in 40 years' time, it's like, oh, we, we don't need to build another add-on. Everything should still fit in that shed, yep. hopefully. We'll yep. wait and see. But, um, yeah, it's it's not a, a year investment. It's a, a long-term investment um, for the, the benefit of the golf course. 100%. Um, and, and the best thing um, we've had down here, I haven't said much about the, the golf club in itself, is when I first started, um, it was always golf course first. So, so that um, so if we needed something for the golf course, it it always be golf course first 
and then and then everything else afterwards sort of thing so wow so um yeah so so we're, i'm lucky in that way that's good instead of a golf club um building a new uh pro shop or or a new clubhouse um a lot a lot is more involved the golf course they yeah, want the golf course you don't hear the story we've got to go and paint the clubhouse <laughs> because yeah. that's next on the list and and not worry about you know the the greens mowers falling apart but just just by <laughs> i think you know what i'm saying i think you know yeah. what i'm saying but that's something that you know that that happens um it sounds like bustleton in their their leadership and the and the board and the direction of those on the board and that make up the committees it sounds like they're very switched on to what they want to try and make sure they can deliver on the golf course and and as yeah. i say at the end of the day a golf club is there for people to play golf, not there for people to have a chicken parmigiana in the clubhouse. It's nice to do that, and this is me speaking, but at the end of the day, the core business is golf. Yeah. So they understand the value of that, and, and you've got an upgraded maintenance facility, which is so good to hear, mate. It's a big deal. So you've been doing other things out on the golf course as well, though. Yeah, so with a master plan, that that was another two-year type idea. Give me two years to, uh, to figure out what we needed to do. And um, and then we looked into uh, uh, green green uh, constructions. Um, we pinpointed uh, five greens that um, that were getting too small and a bit of cooch encroachment into them and stuff like that. So we had had a plan of um, these five greens to to do in the next five years in a way. Yep. Um, and so we we looked at um, trying to have a, a program of doing one one green a year. Um, in construction, so so a full, um, not not change the um, the uh, architecture of the golf course. Yeah, uh, I love the, the the golf course itself. So, but it was just the re- resurface. So, okay, remove all the remove all the uh, the, uh, the the gunk and add fresh sand and and um, yeah, uh, the first green we seeded and the second green we um, we turfed and and yeah, just to, to have a plan. So so in a way we should do every green in 18 years yeah. um and but at the moment yeah we've just been doing a, a one green a year just to, to to keep keep to a point that in in two two or three years times so, oh we need to do six greens at once yep we've got a got a plan in that way so so they, they like that idea um there's a few other little things we did with bunker maintenance um fixing some of the bunkers and and all that but the, the main the main one was uh, rebuilding these, these greens so we've done two in the last two years Mate, that's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Very, very good. And and again, I, I go back to mate that that award for excellence in golf course management management doesn't happen by accident. You've got a good team around you as well, which makes life a lot easier to be able to carry out the planning that you've got. Uh, and you 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 know you work with the team in in terms of you know, understanding what you can and can't do as well. No doubt that's all involved, mate. And congratulations on winning that award. It's certainly a uh, a big deal. And uh, and and winning the state one as well, mate. You, you know, hats off to you because that's a um, make yeah, very good accolade to to have to your name. And um, by the sound, well, by the sounds of it, I do know. Speaking to you, it was one that you certainly weren't expecting. So congratulations. Oh, it's, I'm still just in disbelief, and and it was a shock when it happened because I, to me, uh, I I don't think I've done anything different to any anyone else. Um, and. And I've just done my job. So, so when when uh, the award got announced in in Melbourne, uh, I think I sent you the video. I, I was just, I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't believe it. You were quite literally speechless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so um, 
it, it, it's it's great to get acknowledged, but I don't think I'm doing anything different to anyone anyone I I know who's a superintendent. And but but hats off to to my uh, just the golf course in general, the general manager, course director, and my staff. Um, it's it yeah, it's great to get acknowledged. Just Buston and Golf Club. Oh, um exactly, mm. mate. And and so good to hear. And that, and then I I say this to people when I talk to them on social media. I talk to friends that I know, just general conversations, and and through the podcast as well for for the golfers listening, and even for greenkeepers if you want to know more. To, to, if you're going to Perth and you're going to WA or if you are over there and you've not been to Bustleton, why not take the effort to go and play golf and have a game and go and visit Bustleton and see what it's all about? Because, like I said, the, the golf excellence in golf course management doesn't happen by accident. So clearly there's been a lot of improvements there and it sounds like it's a wonderful golf course to go and experience. So... I'm I'm just shouting it out there and saying it to anyone listening. If you want to go and try something else or you haven't been to Bustledon, go for it. Go and make the effort to go and play golf. And if you want to travel out over to the West Coast from the East Coast, put Bustleton on your list as well. I think it's a good thing to um to, to go and visit and, and experience. So mate, uh, very well done, Lance, and something you should be very, very proud of is uh, winning Jeez. that award. The just um Trying, trying to get tourists here in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Just the southwest in general. Well, um, mate, as I said, it's such a great place. The wineries um, are amazing down here. Even the breweries we have down here now. There's some so many um, different places to go to. It's, it's not just golf, a golf destination. It's just everything down here. It's a beautiful part of the world, and all these other, you know, they're, they're all, uh, I suppose, complementary things that we talk around golf. And, and I, you know, I find sometimes we don't talk about. Majority of Australians' populations population is on the east coast. There's no denying that, right? So, and we don't often talk about WA as as much of a golf destination as maybe we could. I know that there's some work happening at Royal Perth Golf Club there with CDP and Cruise Golf. Um, they're looking to to do some design work, but that's a private and that's a private golf course, got a great name. But there's other golf courses around in the region of WA, and certainly down in your area outside Perth, mate. What are the sorts of places we want to visit? Why why are you not in the conversation of a golf of a golf destination? I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's it's little old Perth and little old WA in a way. Um, uh, it didn't help when it didn't help when McGowan put up the wall. Oh, I, love, I love that wall. That wall helped me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke from the east coast. <laughs> um, but golf courses in in yeah, WA and in Perth. Um, I believe there are different type of golf courses than what are over east. Um, sure, but that's a more uh, reason yeah. to, to to go and visit, right? That's it, yeah. Um, yes, great courses, and, and not just great courses, great superintendents. We, we, I, th- I think I believe we've got so so many good young guys coming up, and and the older guys as well. It's a it's a good a good industry to be in down uh, in WA at the moment, and and it's, and it's great to have have so many good superintendents around at the moment. Are you guys over there? And I say over there because from the east coast, it it really does often feel like you're removed over there in WA from um, from so much of us because it's it's further to go to you than it is to go to New Zealand, by the way, um, <laughs> which is quite hard to believe. But uh, is it 
do you have a good camaraderie in the industry of greenkeeping over there? Because it, it really is quite, you're, you're in an isolated pocket. I don't know how many of you get to travel around to South Australia, to Adelaide, to Melbourne and the like um, to visit other places. Are you, you're all sort of, you know, is it a pretty good group in the, in the state industry association and the like? Yeah, there it is. It is good. Um, the last couple of years have been uh, a downer in a way because it was so hard to see people and and sure. and with lockdowns and and stuff like that. So I think this year's um, changed a bit. We're we're doing more more association um, days and and um, we just had one uh, a trade trade challenge at Secret Harbour on uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, cool. We got a lot. So it's all people I haven't seen for a very long time. So there was about a two year period of not seeing anyone. <laughs> But um, uh, we had a conference in Margaret River in March, March April, and and I think I believe this year is a bit a bit more um, trying trying to get get together a bit bit more this year than what it has. But um, yeah, there is some great great experienced guys and 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 some good young talent, some good young greenkeepers here, and it's, and it's great to see these these guys that are performing and 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 loving their job the way I do. Yeah, mate, absolutely, couldn't agree more, and it's great to hear. That, um, that, that WA is getting a little bit of representation, certainly recently in the industry as well, professionally, which is, which is like I said, really good to hear. And, and maybe maybe we need to just generally be talking a little bit more about some of the, op- the options as golfers to visit and put um, WA on the map a little bit more. Right? Like I said, I'll be looking into it f- for myself to see what types of places are, are, are worth trying to play and visit over in WA, I, I don't know a lot about it, and maybe that's part of the thing. Maybe maybe we need to talk. You guys need to start yelling at us a little bit more. Give us options. What's to go and see? What's to go and see? Now, mate, I'm going to move on from there because I want to hear a little bit about some of the detail in Bustleton. I've already said how good it is, but let's find out a little bit more about some of the detail, mate. Can you can you tell us what we might experience when we come to play golf as a golfer from Perth going for a two-and-a-half-hour drive down south to Bustleton or another visitor locally going to try Bustleton for the first time? What are your turf services? What are we going to experience? down there have you got bent greens or you got cool season is it cooch is it what is it so, so we're yeah bent, bent greens um uh, pencross greens yep. um even with our uh up, upgrade of, of greens I've, I've stayed with the pencross uh, variety yep um uh we're pretty much a predominantly uh kaikuyu course okay uh um was it was a cooch course back in the day so there are areas that have got a bit of cooch here and there but predominantly a, a kai Kai fairways, Kai tees, uh, and surrounds. Okay, we're not. Uh, we're a pretty flat course, um, so there's no natural hills or anything. It's it's a very flat, really easy walking course. Um, I don't understand why people use carts out here because they don't need to. <laughs> Laziness, mate. And I'll say it sometimes is. I'm one of them. These days, more often than not, but I do love walking. It walking courses with, is good. With our um, so we're uh, members um, run golf course. Yep. Um, and with with our membership base, uh, in Bustleton is is a is pretty much a retirement village in a way. Okay. Um, everyone who retires moves down to Bustleton because it's such a great place to be. So so we have a really older um, membership base. So yep. we have about um, I think it's about sixty percent of people over sixty five are members at at, um, at Bustleton. So it's a very old old club in a way. Sure. Um, and and so a lot of drive carts because they just can't walk the 18 anymore. So that's where where we get a a cart damage from. Do you um are you a public access golf course? I take it. Yeah, 
yeah, so so we're mem- a members run golf course, non profit organization, but um we yeah, we allow uh, allow allow public sort of thing. So pretty much we're fifty fifty in a way. Yep. Um of public to, to members. So we yeah. have about seven hundred seven hundred members, which is a pretty pretty wow. good amount of That's members great. down here. Yeah, about 50-50 of, of public out here because it is a tourist destination as well. So there's a lot of tourists come down here, um, yeah, not just for golf, for the, the whole area. So we, we try not to uh, to restrict them not, not playing out of here as well. That's good. That's great. So we can get on. If we're coming from Perth and we're going for a holiday down there for you know a bit of a wine break and a golf break, we can get on to Bustleton and have a game. And you're going to have it, you're going to experience Kaikuyu, which is a little bit softer, it's a little bit slower. It probably makes the course play a little bit longer, does it, than, than it, does it, it otherwise longer, measures? Yeah. We know it that It plays longer, um, and because we're so flat, um, it doesn't doesn't run much as well. So um, we yeah. have a good uh, good event um, in September, and then when you get your, your guys from Perth um, thinking you know, the scratch handicap is coming down here, they, they find it really difficult to play down here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the ball doesn't run, and um, yeah, it's hard harder to hit. But I, I I love it. I think it's a it's a different challenge. And and I find Kaikuyu is also that you get if anyone's used to that sort of a bit more of a ground game and a ground effect where you can land it a little bit shorter and let it run and release onto the greens. Kaikuyu doesn't so much allow that. So it is a little bit more target golf. It's a little bit more aerial golf when you're getting into to flight to the flags and and the pins. Um, because it won't necessarily release if you're landing short. It'll sort of pull up. Yeah, that's it. Uh, for us as well, if you um, uh, if you uh, short side yourself, it's a really hard up and down to, to land on the green and stop it. Yeah. Um, so you got to put yourself in the right position. And and yeah, if you, if you do, uh, if you don't, it's it's a can be a difficult course. So, mate, I, I want to hear about somewhere on the golf course, and I this is one of my favourite questions to ask, and I say it every time that it is when I interview someone on Keeper of the Greens. You you know the golf courses so well, like the back of your hand, as the saying goes. You you're there from sun up. You know it backwards. Where's where's a really nice picturesque part of the golf course? So when we're golfers on our way around, we should take the time to just sort of take it all in, take in the theme and the feel of what Bustleton Golf Club is. So we don't have those massive hills to, to show a great landscape or anything, but there's one area I absolutely love, and it's, it's more through winter. Um, our 12th tee is next to um, the Vass River. Okay. And when that's, when that's flowing, it's, it's a good noise. It's a, good, it's a great um, yeah, right. uh, yeah, just feeling out there, just hearing hear the nature in a way. Yeah, so a nice tranquil feel with the sound Pretty of much, the river. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a nice, nice uh, trickle stream, or more than a stream. It's, it's a, it's a river, um, and and there's a couple of spots on the course that have, you can hear the the river flowing through winter. Yeah, nice. I like it. But one one thing to put in the memory bank for when we go and visit. For anyone listening, if you're in WA, <laughs> head down to Bustledon. I think you're really going to enjoy it, mate. What have you got? Uh, what have you got looking forward? You, you mentioned you've got your master plan there, sort of looking forward and things you're going to improve. What sort of next for you guys? Maybe over spring or or um, you know through the next sort of twelve months that you're looking to improve on the golf course. So we are. Um... Uh, targeting the third green this year. Okay. Um, so, so we we have an event in September, which is our West Coast Open, and straight after that, we're we're doing a full rebuild of the of the green. Yep. And um and um extending the the tee as well. At 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 tee for a par par three is um the white and red tee is just too small 
And um, so we're gonna gonna close the whole whole hole for for a, a period of time. I'm not too sure how long it's gonna take. Yep. But we're gonna gonna rebuild the green and um, reconstruct uh, one of the tees as well. Nice, big improvements. But, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a gonna be a full on full on project. But um, yeah, it's one a year, and um, so this is this is a, a big one this year. That's cool, mate. That's that's very good. And and you've got, I suppose, did you say you've got six staff? Is that right? Yes, yes. So there's um, six of us. Of at the moment, it's five. We're yep. we're, um, we're looking for an apprentice uh, pretty soon. Um, very good. But through through winter, uh, number of five is, is is good for us. But then uh, getting to summer and the, the warmer periods, yeah, six is six is our number. Are are you a big golf course? Is it a long golf course? What what sort of things might we experience when we come to play there? I I, I don't know a lot about it. Tell us. Yeah, I, I think it plays long. I don't know the um the full measurement. Of, of the course but it does play long um where was it 38 hectares of irrigated turf um yeah right 14 hectares 14 hectares of fairways and they're just long fairways they're not really wide but but it is it does take time to to mow, mow the fairways sure um uh yeah good good property does it get yeah, windy does it get windy it's, there where you are yeah yeah so, so we're very wooded golf course okay and, so parkland um, style uh, yeah, yeah, very woodland style in a way. Um, so pretty much tree lined, massive tree lines. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, hitting the ball high isn't isn't a good option. You know, try to try to get low in some areas. Uh, we and the wind, the summer winds out here um, can can cause cause a lot of issues. Um, pretty much through summer, we we have someone on a blower. Uh, or we all weaken away if we're not blowing greens or bunkers, we're blowing fairways. Oh, really? There's a lot of yeah. It can get can get pretty tedious through through summer with the the summer winds and the leaves dropping everywhere. Because because um, am I right in saying over in in that region is it is it a dry summer and a wettish winter? I say wettish because it's relative to whatever you think wet is. But is that is that the normal um, pretty, sort pretty of much distribution? The whole, whole Perth, yeah. For whole, all of Perth and down the south, um, you can have no rain for four months, really. So for all summer, you don't, you don't, not going to get any, any rain at all. If you do, you, you, you're lucky. Yeah, wow. So, so from that November to March, yeah, you, you won't see rain. So, so you get the the sort of wetter times throughout winter, which isn't always ideal, actually, because you haven't got temperature to get it. If you get a lot of rain, the, the temperature is not going to dry the place out a little bit. But for summertime, have you? You've got recycled water source for your yeah. water supply. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've um, yeah got um, yeah wastewater or grey water. Uh, we've had it here for oh, I think it's from two thousand to twenty twenty two years now, which is which is great. Wow. And it and it's and it's great to have that water source. It's um, I like try not to to overwater anything anyway, because um, we have to pay for that water. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, but it is such a good. Uh, Good thing having a, a secondary water source because we still have uh, grey water license as well, but but most of most of it is the grey water. That's good water supply. Knowing that you've got surety, you've got um, you know you can you can guarantee water use. Like you said, everything costs money for sure. But at the same time, knowing the environment uh, that you have and that you've got a water supply as as things might get really tight in the extremes of summer, you can still maintain the golf course and deliver deliver quality services around, can't you? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the target is to, to make sure we have. Uh, great services everywhere we have, and 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 an ir- irrigation system and 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 a water source is is number one priority coming into summer. Absolutely. 
Mate, you've given us a well-rounded view of Bustleton, Lance. It's It's been great to talk to you about your story. Mate, I, I think that's a perfect place to, to sort of wrap up the conversation because <laughs> you've left us wanting to know. I certainly want to know more about Bustleton. I'm going to do my bit of research and, and look into it. I'm going to, I'm going to load up the, the Google Earth on the phone and just stare like crazy and look at each whole layout because I love to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> that's just one of the one of the weird things I enjoy doing is staring at Google Earth and Google Maps. But I love it too. I it, love it too. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Very good. But mate, look, it sounds fantastic. Bustledon has really sort of you you've you've been the leader in in taking the golf course to the next level. Clearly culminating, like I said earlier, in, in winning the award, the excellence for for golf course management on the national level. So it's something that you should be very very proud of, which uh, which I know you are, and 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 rightly so. And, uh, mate, you, you're bringing up Bustleton higher and higher up the levels and, and getting more recognition for the golf course and the golf club. And, and uh, like I said before, why wouldn't anyone want to travel down to that region, the Margaret River region and the Bustleton region, for, uh, for golf and for wine and just for a break away from the city? How good. Thank you so much for being part of it and, uh, and giving us insight into your career as well and the journey that you've been on and, uh, and showing us and talking to us about Bustleton, mate. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. I reckon we could talk for another couple of hours, really. <laughs> we but, uh, <laughs> certainly can, but I'm going to have to stop at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's 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 great. Uh, I love what you do, Steve. Um, it's 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 great to have have that that platform out there um, for greenkeepers. In a way, I, I feel like sometimes greenkeeping can be very under underprivileged um, to a golfer. Mate, I do agree with you. One of the things I love to to try and blend is greenkeeping and golf because. As a golfer, and I'm a golfer. I was a golfer before I was a greenkeeper, long before I was a greenkeeper. And I, I love everything about golf, but I'm so passionate about greenkeeping as well. And and I think, uh, you know, crossing that information over those over that barrier that sometimes exists between the two, I think is important. Mm. And, and you know, I've got the platform on the podcast that I love to use to highlight the greenkeeping side of life and what it takes to deliver what we experience because as golfers without without people looking after the turf you, you can't play golf and likewise without golfers playing on the golf courses that that we rep, that we present every day for golfers if they're not there we don't have a job so the two have to coexist and I think sometimes there's there's the barrier there. So I want to try and marry up that information and keep that excitement out there and, and talk about what's good on both sides and keep people excited about it from a greenkeeping point of view and also from a golf point of view because we play golf to enjoy it. We play golf to get out there on a beautiful landscape and experience what that is. Part of that is the local environment and part of that is the golf course architecture and design and part of that is the presentation and ultimately the turf surfaces that we play on. So everyone has a key role and I love to talk about that and, and bring it across the barriers because I, I think it's it can only be a positive to uh, to try and bring that out for everyone. Oh, yeah, that's it, and you're doing a great job doing it. Mate, thank you very much. And, and Lance, like I said, congratulations on the award. Appreciate your time, mate. You should be very, very proud. Keep your head held very high and and fly that flag for the southwest of WA, mate, because uh, there's plenty of things that we can look forward to in playing golf and visiting in that region. So thank you, Lance, and congratulations, mate. Awesome. awesome. Cheers, Steve.
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Superintendent Lance Knox of Bustleton Golf Club in Western Australia. Winner of the 2022 Excellence in Golf Course Management Award from the Australian Sports Turf Managers Association. Fantastic interview. I could, uh, certainly Lance and I can chat for quite some time about the details of, of his golf course and his career. What a uh, what an interesting rise that career was too, wasn't it? Certainly starting a little bit later, which I found quite interesting uh, in his life, certainly into his uh, into his 20s. Finding a way, finding a way into greenkeeping, not realizing that how he was going to get into it and where it was going to take him and, and sort of enjoying moments. I suppose there's, there was parts of Lance's career where he, he just really sat and, and and enjoyed going to work every day. He did it a little bit differently and, and it was really interesting to hear that and, and for him that's what worked getting into it, like I said, a little bit later and and then climbing the, his way through but enjoying the time along the way. And sometimes you've heard in some of my interviews where, and I've certainly heard talking to superintendents and greenkeepers, where sometimes they'll take a step sideways and you heard that with Lance where he sort of got into a position where he was really happy and really enjoyed being at that level that he was at and going to work every day and just and just enjoying it, being happy. I mean, you know, he, he really had some times there, certainly much like where he is right now at Bustleton, and he has been for the last sort of four years where he's really enjoying his time there too. So really, really interesting to hear and see, and, and like I was going to say there before with uh, other superintendents and greenkeepers, where they take that step sideways. They sort of, some of them will, will get into superintendents' roles, and, uh, and then they might step back away from it a little bit, um, they'll get a break away. You've heard them change careers to get that rest and then come back in. Lance sort of did it a little bit of a different way is the way I took it from him where he, he just enjoyed some of those other positions, being a greenkeeper on a golf course, not necessarily in the leadership team um, like he is now as superintendent. So, But he isn't he loving it and really, really enjoying it as, as superintendent at Bustleton and clearly winning that award for, for excellence in, in golf course management uh, shows you just how smart and switched on and and looking ahead and and seeing the ways that w- that Lance can improve how procedures are done, how the golf course is maintained in its local environment, in a local area, uh, the way that they do things on course, the way that they go about their maintenance. I mean, he's really, really looking ahead into these things. He's really switched on in how he how he thinks about how the, the team are going to work, how they're going to go about their daily work at the golf course and, and the things they want to bring out in the landscape and protect and harbour and foster and, and sort of improve on as well. So much going on there and you can you can hear it in, in Lance's voice when he's getting so excited about it as well. He, uh, but he just, he's, he also just seems like he really just takes takes it on each day that unfolds. I really enjoyed chatting with Lance, and uh, and he's not uh, a superintendent who's who's been and an experienced overseas work in other parts of the world, but he's really found his niche over there in WA, and uh, and and really found out what he enjoys. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you enjoy what you do for a living every day, what is it they say? Enjoy your work, and you'll never work a day in your life, or something along those lines. But Lance really loved it. I enjoyed chatting to Lance, and probably his career path is probably something that. I, I sort of it resonated with me because I think my career was probably along similar lines. So um, he and I really got on very well, and you can hear it in his voice. And I've been wanting to chat with Lance. He seems like such a great bloke, and I certainly found out that that was true in that podcast. So really enjoyed chatting with Lance. I hope you enjoyed listening to his story and that that award, winning that award. That's that's massive. 
hats off to Lance. Certainly from me, a tip of the hat to Lance, uh, winning that award, and I think it's fantastic stuff. And and there's a golf course we want to get to. If you're over there in WA, in southwestern corner of WA, or you're looking to travel to Perth and into the beautiful southwestern corner that's there for, for golf and you know, a bit of wine and, and a bit of traveling around the southwest there in the Margaret River region, there's beautiful wines there as well. It's... Um, it, it's a great place to go to and visit, and certainly, why wouldn't you put Bustleton on your list to get out there and, and experience as a golfer as well? So that's what I'm saying out there to you guys, is put Bustleton on the map for a place to visit to play golf. Now, ladies and gentlemen, final word from sponsor Colin Campbell Chemicals. And make sure you catch up with Nadeem, whether it's on the phone or, or uh, online, uh, through socials, catch up, get a chance, meet him out there in some of the some of the uh, seminars and the industry events that, that you'll see Nadeem at as well. And, uh, and certainly Colin Campbell Chemicals can help you look after your turf surfaces and, uh, and I'm sure they've got something that can give you a hand in how to do that and protect your turf. So that's what they're there for. They can help you out. Go and check them out at campbellchemicals.com.au and, uh, and check out their product listings to see where they can help you protect your turf. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast and Keeper of the Green segment. We know it's a great one and we really love hearing everyone's stories and as greenkeepers, where they've come from and certainly about the golf courses that they're working on. If you could please like, share, subscribe and give me a review, a star review, write a review. Written reviews are wonderful and I do appreciate that as well. So I'm looking to get a few more written reviews through Apple, through iTunes as well. It's most appreciated and it really does help spread the podcast like when you share it around too. And I appreciate those of you who have done so, getting a few more people to to, uh, to come along and listen and hear what we can talk about in the Australian golf landscape from the inside out and give you more information and educate you along the way. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Really appreciate that support. And I've got a new segment coming at you in a couple of days, one that's jumping into the middle of the normal run and the normal release dates. It's an Aussie golf history segment of Kamaruka Golf Course. And this one is an interview and you're going to want to listen to it, I can tell you right now. So if you're a bit of a history buff, you want to hear a little bit about something a little bit different in Australia, the Kamaruka story is fantastic, and I know that you will enjoy listening to it. So stay tuned. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, and stay tuned for when it's going to pop up. You'll get a notification on your phone or on your computer, and then you can just quickly download it. I know you're going to enjoy it. As always, you hit them clean, we'll keep them green. Have yourselves a great weekend.